Welcome back to Parlor Talks at the Fulton Mansion. We are your humble hosts and educators here at the Fulton Mansion, Joseph Fox and Ashley Thornton. In today's episode, we're airing the final part of the oral history that Joe conducted with Ruth Davis on her time as a park ranger at the Fulton Mansion. In this finale, Ruth discusses life in Rockport after she left the Fulton Mansion, but also how the mansion remained a part of her life. We also talk about an incident where a doll was stolen from the mansion, directed Diana Kirby, whose leadership made the mansion what it is today, and Ruth's experience during Hurricane Harvey. On behalf of the Fulton Mansion and the Texas Historical Commission, welcome. Well, it sounds like, um, you know, just being a member of the Rockport community and, and you know, working at Scotty's, it, it, it sounds like you still stayed involved um, as a member of the community and, and the uh, with the Fulton Mansion in some ways. Were you, were you still, was, was the friends of the Fulton Mansion still around or, were, or how were you interacting um, with the historic site after you left? Well, I mean, now you know, you, you may not know, but yeah. Diana and I were partners and, yeah. and uh, together for 25 years before she passed. And so she remained the director here until after uh, THC took over the site. And then um, she went to Austin. Um, she was a, sort of like a regional director. I don't remember what her title is terrible um, but anyway it was her and another guy and they sort of split the state and so yeah I mean between having had so much contact with the mansion all those years and still having her involved and still having her because this was one of her sites mm-hmm. um, and still having her involved with the THC uh, yeah yeah I just you know, plus I, I love this house. I love yeah. everything about it. It's it's such a unique and wonderful place. Did did she ever call you over because they were all locked out of the mansion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a few little. You know, uh, I remember rekeying a couple of times, and actually, she and I ended up accidentally locking ourselves in the. This was before I was a locksmith uh, in the alarm room. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> it was a weird sort of deal. Um, I think she had put her key in, and I don't remember how it. I, I don't remember how it happened, but we were looking at each other. Of course, we didn't have cell phones then, and I think there was one person left who was waiting for us because our signal was always that the light on the back porch or in the front porch would be Mm -hmm. on when the alarm was on and they were waiting for something i guess they had turned the light on and they were waiting for us to come out and we didn't come out we didn't come out and it was like what the heck and so they went down and got us out of there but yeah um yeah, it, you know, it's just, uh, it's it, it's like people would always ask about it being haunted or don't you ever, aren't you ever afraid when you're in there alone and stuff. And after June left, um, we were basically who got called when the alarm went off. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so we um, would be up here sometimes at very weird hours you know at 2 a.m. or something because a front came through and a 
plant got blown, you know, and t tipped the alarm off or something. But I know talking to the staff then, none of us ever, ever felt anything more than, than love from, you know, the Fultons and the descendants and whoever else has ever lived here. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's cool. Uh, so, so you got to be the Ghostbusters of the Ancient, basically. <laughs> yeah. What was... Uh, Okay, so I want to go back a little bit timelines, timeline wise with uh, um, with with Diana. Um, what year? Okay, so she was with Texas Parks and Wildlife, and eventually the mansion gets sh shifted over to the THC. Texas Historical yep. Commission. Um, do you remember what year that was? Oh gosh, um, I don't. I don't want to because. I no, I'm terrible. With that. <laughs> no she was good with that. That was her job. Was what her year job. did we do this? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I sure. Well, that, yeah. But okay, so she after the switch, then she went on with THC mm -hmm. um, in their position, and and she was in charge of not just the the mansion, but. A good chunk of the historic science. Mm -hmm. you, did, did I hear you say that right? That that, that she split that she split up the historic science with another man. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did a lot of traveling. Um, you know, she spent a lot of time on the road. And and what we did was we had a condo or apartment that we rented in Austin, and so um, she would come down here like two out of three weekends and then I would go up there which was fun Austin's a lot of fun mm -hmm. and uh, and so we we commuted like that really until she got sick but uh, mm. she really liked that job she liked to try she loved to travel she had a travel bug and uh, so yeah she and her boss Donna Williams um, who's since retired and moved back to uh, Pennsylvania. They, she lives in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Um, and it was interesting because Donna was also, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word, commuting, but of course couldn't commute like we did because, but her husband and two daughters were still back in Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now her daughters were... Uh, high school and then college, you know, she would go home for the, you know, big events and stuff like that and Christmas and all that, but uh, I still get a Christmas card from her. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that's the other cool thing is you end up with lasting friendships from places, and I'm sure you the same way with some of your travels and oh, yeah. jobs. <laughs> well, the, um, uh, you know, I guess it, it's, uh, but you know, throughout it, it sounds, it still sounds like you've, you've remained a, you know, I think I was talking with Mary and she said the first time she, one of the earliest memories she has meeting you and Diana was at, I think in 2008, I think it was like a presidential, like, uh, like Obama had just been elected and there was like a staff party. Um, or, oh, or I shouldn't house. say a staff party, but but yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. Hmm. Yeah, that was wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, there, you know, there, there was a lot of Marcia and Taylor, because um, Marcia was the uh, educator, I think, was her title. And then Marcia became the superintendent, and then, of course, they moved on since Harvey, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, it, so it was Diana and then Marcia uh, yeah. came on. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been gosh, uh, you know, that was what was so weird was when you s sent me questions and all this was I haven't thought about any of this really in depth <laughs> in such a long long time. Um I was looking at I happened to pull the file out. <laughs> this just shows you uh this was back in the day of uh well, this was when I was applying at Goose Island, and the uh, oh wow! Of course, this was all typed out. Oh, this was a fish and wildlife job I applied for, thirteen thirty-four a month. That was good money. money. Oh, <laughs> that was really good money. <laughs> and uh, I think I have here. Yeah, here's Park Ranger too. But yeah, it was just different stuff. Park Superintendent one. Oh, that was a lovely lake. Where is this? I haven't really looked at it. I just uh, somehow ended up pulling. See, that's how we would get. These were the. They would post these up on the board. Here's eighty-eight. So um, yeah, and that's how you found out if there was an opening somewhere. Um, oh, here it is, Goose Island Park Ranger Three. Yeah, thirteen thirty-four a month. But see, they also had admin tech. Um, this is it. Doesn't say what office. Here's the secretary in Austin headquarters, making seventeen or eleven seventy-six a month. You know, it's just uh, it's just kind of interesting. I don't know if you're yeah interested in that at all but uh yeah well yeah i mean this is all things i see i haven't been on the texas parks and wildlife page but you know going on the phc job page I, I went through the same hoops jumping through i couldn't imagine just doing it all by mail or <laughs> handwriting your application yeah that's my handwriting oh wow yeah Oh, my handwriting is so bad. I, you know, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, like look at that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you can read it. That's the part that counts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It was just you know, it was such a different time because we didn't have the same types of technology and we didn't have the same types of communication. But you know, we made it work. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to tell you about, you may know about this or not, was one of the saddest things that happened here was a Christmas open house when the Fulton doll got stolen. Never to be found. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I don't know what year that was, but I do know it was in the paper. And uh, what we think happened was because we had the open house, um, which back then we, we just let people, you know, we, we 
had like a docent in each room or a docent doing you know like the bath upstairs the bathroom and the sitting room or you know something like that and um, we had shut everything down we were done and I remember because Diana and I were talking somewhere in the back part of the house and we were talking to either other staff or volunteers or somebody. I don't remember who we were talking to. And the alarm had been set and the alarm went off. And we were like, what the heck is that? And so we shut the alarm off and we went back and the front door was open. Well, back then you didn't have to have a key to open the front door. It just had a thumb turn. And the front door was standing ajar, and we're like, oh, well, we just didn't lock the front door. So locked the front door, checked, kind of looked half-assed. You know, we were tired. We were ready to go home. Yeah. And set the alarm and go home. And then the next day, we discovered that the doll was gone. Wow. Yeah. So, so does that mean that there was somebody hiding in the mansion? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, how scary. Yeah, Man. yeah. And, you know, we, we never, ever saw that doll again. And that was an original Fulton thing, which is, you know, as you know, there aren't that many things. Yeah. What what did the what did the doll look like? Like what was it? She was a she was a China head doll. She was pretty big. Mm. Um and she was she was not real fancy, but she was pretty. Um and she I don't think she had her original clothing I think the clothing had been redone or you know because whoever oh, it belonged to and I don't know who donated it I don't know if it was Gladys Gibson or which family member would have donated it but um, yeah it was a neat thing to have and she was in the sitting room upstairs hmm. and uh, yeah it was sad that 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 happened like that you know. Well, if I ever see the doll pop up in, in like a, at like a eBay. flea market or something <laughs> on eBay, I'll, I'll, I'll call the police. There you <laughs> go. How'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's probably been sitting in somebody's house, you know, because it wasn't, it wasn't worth a lot of money. You know, mm -hmm. it was just... On the historic value. Yeah, you know. exactly. I'll be like, this is for Ruth and Diana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I so we're approaching, I normally try to go for about an hour and a half, and, and we're probably about like an hour and 15, but I, I haven't asked you about Hurricane Harvey yet. Oh. Um, and I said I would. So what was, <laughs> what was your experience uh, uh, during Hurricane Harvey? Well, I actually... Um, personally barely got out of town. I have a good friend of mine, she lives in Victoria now, uh, who insisted that I was coming with her. And I was like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. We've evacuated for so many hurricanes. I don't really want to go anywhere. Uh, I, I assume you know my, our house. My house is old, 1910. And I'm like, the house has been through hurricanes. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Uh, is your house here in Rockport? Uh -huh. or? Okay. Yeah, it's kitty corner from the library. Okay. So if you ever want to come look at it, let me know and I'll yeah, heck yeah. be happy to walk you through. Um, but yeah, and it's it's where it was built by the Brock family, we think. But anyway, 
she melody is her name and, and mel was like no you are coming with me i'm going to my sister's ranch in beeville you're get just get your stuff together and we're going and so i was dragging my feet and you know i had uh actually had three cats at the time and him and she has two big dogs and anyway he gets along fine with the cats anyway it was this whole big thing and we went to her sister's ranch in Beeville and uh, we had a lot of a lot of effects of Harvey even there even that far inland and that you know distance I mean it's not a great distance but you would think that it would make a difference but we could tell that the bands you could tell when a band was coming through you know mm. the mm. rain and the and the wind would just howl and just get up and and the rain would just be slashing down and uh, she actually owned a store downtown called comforts of home okay and uh and that's an old building it's a brock building too it was 1910 i think also and uh she and i my memories of that night were several things were going on. One is that our friends, uh, Dana, Dr. Dana, who's the veterinarian here, mm -hmm. and Dr. Elizabeth, who's her partner, is a chiropractor, they stayed. And they stayed with, um, I think, 14 dogs. Um, That's a lot of dogs. It's, well, she had clinic dogs that were in the clinic you know with illness or whatever she mm -hmm. had boarders which she doesn't take boarders anymore because of this and i mean if you leave town and you go to nebraska and you leave your dog being boarded she can't say well you got to get your butt here from and get right. your you know so we were trying to stay in contact with them and we were watching the news solid all night channel six and channel three did nothing but harvey coverage and one of the hardest things for us was that um we were texting back and forth with dana and elizabeth and dana's not somebody who gets excited i mean she's a veterinarian she's pretty even keeled mm -hmm. and it was around it was between probably nine and nine thirty and um we were like, what's going on? And she, she texted back. She said, we're going in the downstairs bathroom and it doesn't look good. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we were afraid for them. We were very afraid for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they did all right. It turned out what happened was the uh, house that they were in, which Dana had built or had, you know, built, and uh, they had a uh, wood stove and the, the wind had ripped the chimney off of the wood stove which had a, a big uh, pipe. And so they, they literally used buckets to get water out of the house. They were trying to, yeah. wow. you know, because there was so much water coming into that house. And then uh, when the eye came, they said they had to try to get these, because they had all these different dogs and crates and cages and stuff, and mm -hmm. they were trying to get them out of the water and all that. But anyway, um, yeah, we, we were desperate for any kind of news about her store. 
she wasn't as worried about her house. She lived in Country Club, and for me, it was my house. You know, mm -hmm. is it still there? Which is terrifying, you know, because like I said, I just threw some things and said, okay, let's go. I had a couple of t-shirts and, yeah. you know, change of clothes, and that was it. I, I didn't really take a lot of stuff, and the possibility of it being all gone is, is scary. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, um, we didn't really have good communication out there, but we had better than here. What had happened here was all the towers had gone. They just collapsed. So there was no, yeah, there, no communication going in and out. In fact, the, the police departments had to switch over to uh, old uh, Communication. I don't remember what they did, but that's the other thing is the police department's right there by my house. And so uh, the next day, like I said, we were watching, we were switching back and forth channels, and every once in a while we'd go to CNN. And the next day, uh, CNN was interviewing people because the public safety center, the police department, sheriff's department is right there by my house and they were interviewing like Burt uh, Mills County Judge or uh, Burt, I mean, uh, Sheriff Mills, not related, right there. And I'm like, turn the camera, turn the camera, turn the camera. <laughs> and sure enough, the guy goes, and this was on CNN, my brother in Minnesota saw it. And, and sure enough, the guy goes, yeah, that house behind me, they painted all the names of the different storms on the uh, plywood on the front door. Well, that was my house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I, I mean, it's just a tremendous, it was just like, oh my God, it's still there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so then it was, is her store still there? Mm -hmm. And um, people had shown up early the next day with uh, drones. One guy was doing a bunch of drone for, uh, uh, footage and... Um, posting it on YouTube. Again, I don't know how he managed to do that, but um, he'd be like, the drone would be going down Austin Street, and we'd be like, turn the drone, turn the drone, <laughs> and then he'd cut it off. <laughs> and, we, and anyway, her, her store suffered. In fact, that's why her store's not, I mean, the building's still there, but it, it was an old building. It had a leaky roof to begin with, and she had tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise and stuff that was just soaked in old, 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 old uh, insulation that had come down. I mean, the roof had just been peeled off. Um, a big chunk of the back end of uh, Latitude Restaurant, mm -hmm. They had like a couple of storerooms out there, and one of them, the entire roof had been lifted off, and you can you could tell it had hit the back end of the Comforts of Home building, and then ended up in the street. And uh, it didn't do a lot of damage, but you know it was just it was just incredible seeing the dynamics of what could happen in that much wind. I mean, it, it just... Well, I heard, you know, the wind from the hurricane, but then I also heard, you know, people talk about 
small tornadoes in the middle of the storm, and and it and it seems kind of looking at the footage, and you know, I was down in the valley, and I remember talking to refugees. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that you know some some homes you know had had damage on the roof, roof peeled off. Other homes were just splinters. You know, just in 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 sometimes it just seems it just seemed looking from the footage like man <laughs> random yeah uh, you know I, I can't imagine what sort of stress uh that that must have been um what was it when you when you returned from beville um it went back in person what was it what was it like well it was it was shocking i mean it it was truly you know i had i told you you know i came back after alan it was nothing like that i mean alan was really nothing mm-hmm. um it was just so shocking. I remember us driving, and it was like the closer we got, you know, fences. I mean, barbed wire fences. How can you blow down a barbed wire fence, you know? I mean, yeah. and I don't just mean like right here. I mean, the whole, you know, miles and miles and miles of the fence were gone. And excuse me, huge telephone poles out on um, 1780. I mean, big, big telephone, just down, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was like the closer that we got, you just got a really, really sick feeling, or I did. Um, What's this going to be like? And, you know, driving into town and seeing... Um, just the the destruction of everything was it, it, it was you didn't know what to say or what to think or what to do you just were so shocked at it all mm-hmm. and um, I was really really lucky in so many ways um we had a, I had put in a generator. I had decided in July of 17 that I wanted a whole house generator and I bought it and it took months to get it set up or almost a month to get it set up and to get it hooked up and to get all the electricity and get the gas and get the thing in the thing. And I started that generator 10 days before Harvey. Mm. So I was very, very lucky when I came back because I had electricity to everything. I had an air conditioner. I mean, people were struggling trying to find uh, portable generators that, you know, they had to get up in the middle of the night to go pour gasoline into it to keep their refrigerator running or maybe a window unit or something. Uh And it was hot. Oh, God, it was hot. It was miserable. And, uh, you know, the people who came to help were so incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, and they, yeah, the, one of the stories I heard over here is that, you know, you had um, volunteers camping out in the Fulton Mansion afterwards and protecting it, um, you know, just in the case, uh, you know, looters showed up. Yeah. Uh, 
And I remember my parents coming coming through and just seeing the spirit and and Rockport and the sort of <laughs> you know the law the all the help that yeah. was coming in. You know, one of the things uh, I, I was really lucky again because I had somebody show up on my doorstep, literally banging on my door, saying. I need you to do this work and I'm like well who are you and what, what do you want me to do and what it was is they uh, all of the Key Allegro condominiums which I think there are 88 of them if I remember right maybe more anyway uh, this woman we're friends now but she was the um, paid sort of manager site manager or whatever and she was out of Corpus. Well, what had happened was, you know, all these condos are individually owned. So mm -hmm. each condo has its own key. And they kept everybody's key, but they kept it in a, um, like a uh, portable building. You know, one of those little sort of sheds. Yeah. It wasn't here. It had gone away. So everybody's key had gone away. Yeah and they needed to be able to open each unit to allow a um, adjuster to look at them. Mm -hmm. So my job for over a week and a half, because uh, I worked straight, I didn't even stop until I got through, was to go and open each unit and make a key for it and lock it back up. And that kept me focused in a different way. I had to get up, I had to go do that. And part of the problem was then I'm done for the day and you know, HEB was trashed and Walmart was trashed and mm -hmm. you know, when there was no electricity, you can't go to Circle K and get a hot dog or anything. And all these people from all over I mean, Louisiana, everywhere, and they drove down here and they dragged a grill behind them or they, you know, and they just cook stuff and here you go, here you go. You know, they weren't selling it, they were giving it away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was really just amazing. And then we had a curfew. We still had a curfew for quite a while. Mm. Um, again for you know the yeah, potential yeah and there wasn't much looting there was some but I think part of it was that people knew who should be here and who shouldn't be here and they pulled in I mean again I'm back over there by the public safety center there were state troopers from Arkansas and Oklahoma and Louisiana and there were so many different um, groups that came you know to help yeah yeah to help our law enforcement and and to help our community so well it's uh, we're getting close to the to the end of the interview <laughs> and, I, and I have one more question I want to say you've not been boring me to tears this is very <laughs> I've learned a lot talking from you. Well, good. And thank you so much for, for coming out. Sure. Um, I, I guess uh, sort of like a closing question. Um, is there anything uh, you know, you'd like to say about to kind of sum up your, your time here in, in Rockport and at the Fulton Mansion and 
any advice to leave to anybody listening? <laughs> well, you know, it's a wonderful little town, and uh, it's a resilient town. It's a it's a it's a unique place. Um, it was. It's always been very welcoming. Uh, back in the '80s, when Diana and I got together, uh, it was not a good time for gay and lesbian people, and we were terrified that anybody would find out. You know, and we were so naive uh, to think that we had everybody fooled. Um, I remember one Sunday we were. Uh, doing tours it was between tours and there was a docent that we were real friendly with um, it may have been Ardeth Rogers anyway uh, we said something and it was like oh crap we shouldn't have said that and the docent said what are you talking about and we were like oh well you know you're friendly and you know about us and she was like you girls are such old news. Nobody talks about you anymore. <laughs> 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 they were like, oh, okay. But you know, with it with it being an art community and and just you know, everybody here has always been nice and and friendly and helpful. And I think that's part of what got us through Harvey. Uh, we're still getting through Harvey, but um, you know we we tend to pull together uh, even today as we have an impeachment going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know what your political leanings are, but I personally am happy about that. But you know it's it's different here uh, in that direction. There there's not a whole lot of Democrats in Rockport, but. Uh, you know, the other day I rode through the country club on Sunday. Of course, we had the problem, you know, with the Capitol on last Wednesday. And prior to that, even after the election, you couldn't ride through the country club. There were Trump flags and signs, I mean, everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere. And I rode through there Sunday. And they were gone. Hmm. So that gave me hope. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I really, the mansion itself is a is sort of always been a a gathering place for people. I mean, you know, it's been here way before any of us, or even for the descendants, for their near ancestors, to you know remember it not being here mm -hmm. so you know and it's it's stood its own through many storms not just Harvey but uh, you know it's okay it's 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 sort of the rock of of this community mm -hmm. you know nobody wanted to ever see it go away and it was too expensive to tear down thank goodness and the fact that Parks and Wildlife took it over and restored it and put all that they put into it. I don't know if you know about the cigarette tax. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Parks and Wildlife needed to be able to fund 
um, not just a mansion, but a couple of other historic sites. And uh, they got it pushed through the legislature. I want to say it was pennies. If it was the most, it would have been within three cents. I don't know why that number sticks to me. But they were able to add three cents to every pack of cigarettes stole, uh, sold in Texas. Huh. And that money was designated for historic sites. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, which seems like now, you know, well, how much revenue would that be? But that's when everybody smoked. I mean, everybody smoked. I didn't smoke, but everybody smoked. And there were no, you know, non-smoking areas or restaurant. I mean, everybody smoked everywhere all the time. So it was a lot. It was millions of dollars. Wow. Which is kind of incredible to think about three cents a packet equaling millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was, and we used to tell that story on tour. You know, thank you, smokers. <laughs> we appreciate you. Keep keep it up. Keep pumping. Well, it, it it took the it certainly took the cigarette smokers of Texas, the volunteers, the docents, park rangers, and the <laughs> people with vision uh, to to build the Fulton Mansion into what it is today. So, thank you for your service, and well, sure. thank you for. Uh, uh, spending time over here today sharing your story. Well, thank you. It's been fun. I, like I said, I hadn't ta thought about much of this in a long, long time. So it's it's interesting to kind of kick your brain back into <laughs> back in the day. So yeah. That's going to be it for today's episode of Parlor Talks, as well as this series of interviews with Ruth Davis. Once again, we give Ruth a special thanks for sharing her story with us and hope listeners take the time to listen to the other episodes in the series. Thanks for stopping by.